Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. This series, if you're new to it, if you weren't here last week, is about partnering with God. Um, you got to partner with God to get where God wants you to go. Uh, I wish it was just, I wish diets worked that way. I wish you could just go to the gym one time. Come on, everybody. I wish you could just eat one healthy meal. I eat one salad and I think, okay, God, this is it. And then I eat that one salad, go to the scale, and nothing moves. Nothing changes in my life. I did it that one time and then I just give up and say, well, it doesn't work. Salads don't work. And I'm out on salads. And I had, I had one. Uh, the truth is there is power in consistency. You are not what you do occasionally. You are what you do consistently. Say amen to that. And you got to partner with God to arrive at the destiny that God has for your life. Your most desired outcome this year will not be if, as an innocent bystander where you stand back and just let life happen to you. You will get to where you want to go this year if you learn, I have a part to play in arriving at the will of God for my life. Shout amen to that. I have a part to play. I've got something I've got to do. i got to get up every morning. I got to do the right things. I have to do them consistently. God has given us some things that you and I can do to change our life. Now, some stuff belongs to God. You know our theme verse, if you were here last week, Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29 and 29 says, The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. That's the New Living Translation, verse 29. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one, and we are not accountable for them. That's good news. And I taught you last week, that there's some stuff that just belongs to the Lord, that they're His, they're secrets that belong to God. Now listen, the hard thing about life is that I want to know what God knows. I want to know why, why the bad things happen, why the disappointments, why the loss, why things turned out the way they turned out, why the divorce, why the miscarriage, why did this bad thing happen in my life like this? But the Bible says there are some thing, there's some stuff in your life that belong, there are secrets belonging to the Lord and you are not to know them and you're not accountable to them. But we and our children are accountable forever to all that He has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. In other words, there are some things you do know what to do and you got to do the stuff you know what to do. Stop focusing on what I don't know and start doing what I do know. At the beginning of every year, I always see social media flooded. Not today, not this week, but I see social media flooded with my word for the year. Maybe you participate in this and maybe God speaks to you like that. Maybe you've got a word for the year. Maybe God's given you some direction for your year. I hope that you pray that way and I hope that God has given you some direction that way. But I always find it interesting that people get a new word every year and you didn't do the word God gave you last year. That you keep getting brand new stuff God gives you every month, every week, every, every year. Something new drops into your spirit. Here's the truth of the matter. Sometimes God's not going to give you anything new till you do the last thing He told you. Or the last three things He told you. Or the last six things He told you. Or the stuff He wrote in this book. You don't always have to get a new word. Sometimes you just got to open the book and do what the book says. Can I get a better amen in the house? There is some stuff. And if you'll do it, if you'll do it, and here's the, here's the idea of this series over the next couple of weeks, 
If you'll do it, you can arrive at what I'm calling, I didn't put it on the screen, but write it in your notes. I want you to arrive at what I'm calling a predictable future. A predictable future. A predictable future. You can predict a future result in your life. I am a predictable kind of guy. Where all of my force of habits, uh, I do the same thing every day. Uh, I order the same thing on the menu. Where you at? Raise your hands, everybody. Yeah, you come to first service. In second service, not a soul going to raise their hands, all right? They come to church at 11-ish. And um, they, I, 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 when, when I go to a restaurant, I don't need a menu. I took my family out last night. We were at a restaurant together. I didn't open the menu. I don't need the menu. I've been to this restaurant before. I'm going to get the same thing I got the last 10 times I was in this restaurant. I don't want to hear your specials. I don't care what's on the back of the menu. I don't care about the new insert in the menu. I'm going to get the same thing I got last time because I trust that I liked it last time. I'm going to like it this time. If it's not good this time, it's not going to stop me from getting it next time. When I go to Chick-fil-A, whatever's in my bag is what God wants me to have. They don't have to get my order right. It's their spirit-led, their Chick-fil-A. It's whatever it is they give me. I know God wanted me to have it today. But I'm going to order the same thing at Chick-fil-A every time, every single time I go. The only exception is when they put that pimento cheese situation on there. Okay, anyway, other than that, it's the same thing every time. Predictable, predictable. Same schedule every day. You can find I have a friend who goes to the gym the same time every day, 3.30 every day. And he pastors in San Antonio, and I know he's in the car on the way to the gym, so I don't call him while he's at work. I don't call him while he's in the gym. I call him because I know he's in the car on the way to the gym. Because he's predictable. It's 3.30. It's the same exact time every single day. I like people that have the same mood all the time. Why don't you look straight ahead if you're, if you're married? Because I want to help you right here, but I don't want to hurt you. You know what I mean? I, don't wanna, I, don't, I just like, <laughs> I like people that I know who I'm going to get every time. That, is Bobby in there? Can I speak with him? Is <laughs> Is, is Susie here today? Can I speak with nice Susie? Is Susie around? Or I just like people that are the same people all the time. They're not highs. They're not lows. They're just the same people all the time. Can I get a better amen? They're just predictable. They got, you can have a predictable kind of future. Now, I'm not telling you that, that bad things don't happen. I'm not telling you there aren't things. That, again, those are the secret things known to God. Only God understands all of that. Only God knows all of that. And only heaven reveals all of that. But you can have a predictable future in your life, and I want to help us uh, through that over the course of the next several weeks. Nine forces that represent the potential and power of God in your life to have a predictable future. I'll give them to you really quick, just in case you weren't here last week, and I'm going to teach you the first um, few, however long I have time for. I'm going to teach you the first couple of them uh, today. Number one, the force of a seed sown, uh, the force of a seed sown, the force of a belief, The force of relationships, greatest force I think in your life outside of knowing God is your relationships. They have the ability to propel you forward or hold you back. Uh, It is the second, I, I I tell my two children, the second greatest decision of your entire life, however long God gives you on this earth, the first one is following the Lord, the second one is who you marry. Let me help somebody in the room. It's the second greatest decision of your, the second most impactful decision of your life is who you marry. And you know that if you've struggled in marriage, if you had a marriage that you thought, man, that was not, I did not, that was not the right thing. You understand how, how fast your life can move forward or how it can slow your life down. Can I get a better amen, everybody? 
relationship. The force of habits. Number four, the force of habits. The force of a dream. The force of your thoughts, your thoughts, your thought life. Most of my problems happen in my head. The old bishop used to say, we need a checkup from the neck up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I need this help from. Most of my problems are in my thought life because as my thoughts go, so my life goes. The force of my feelings, they're different than your thoughts. Your feelings are your emotions and you're not a victim to your emotions. You can control your emotions. You can control your spirit. Say amen to that. And the force of your feelings, if you'll learn how to, how to tame and manage your feelings, it, you'll get a predictable future. The last two, the, the, the force of personal values or convictions in your life. You ought to draw some lines in some places in your life. And then finally, the force of words. What you say matters. What comes out of your mouth matters. Let me teach you really, I, I'm not teaching the force of words, but let me just tell you this. Um, the devil can't read your mind. You may have some bad theology that you think, well, the devil's messing with my... He can't... He's not, um, he's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. The devil is a created, limited being. He doesn't have all knowledge. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't know what's in your mind. Right now, the devil does not know what you're thinking. He doesn't know you're thinking it's cold in here, it's hot in here. He doesn't know you're thinking it's dark in here, it's bright in here. Why does he spit? He's so good looking. Whatever it is that you're thinking right now. That's, uh, uh, the last one's probably what's on your mind, but... He doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what you're thinking. But I tell you what the devil does do is he knows what comes out of your mouth. And so you are creating some situations in your life solely because of your confession. You're creating some issues. The devil would not have... I think the devil has a notepad. He follows us around sometimes going, I didn't think of that, but that's a good thing. I didn't think about messing with you like that, but man, I heard that come out of your mouth. That's a good thing. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to use that against you. Are you there, everybody? It's the force of your words. And so I want to help us over the next couple of weeks. I'd love to have you every week of this series. All right, I'm going to teach you today at least a few of them. If you're taking notes, all Christians take notes in church. And so if you're sitting by someone not taking notes, there's an altar call at the end of the service. Write this at the top of your notes, the force of a seed sown. I want to teach us today about the force of a seed sown. Not just the force of a seed. Because seeds have no force in your pocket. Seeds have no power in a pouch. Seeds have no power in a bag. Seeds get power when you sow them. Seeds get power when they're in the ground in your life. Some of us are struggling with the outcome of our life and the future that we're living in, not because we don't have the right seeds for our future, but because we've held on to our seeds and nothing happens when you hold a seed. You can take an apple seed, hold it in your hand, and just wish it away. I mean, just apples, 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 apples. Honey crisp apples. Come on, somebody. Good. Where's all the green apple people? Y'all are sour, bitter people. No, I'm talking about... Honey, honey crisp, sweet apples, 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 apples. It doesn't matter how long you can talk in tongues about apples, you can pray for apples, you can fast over apples, you can bring apple seeds to the front here. It doesn't matter what you do holding on to the apple seed because an apple seed in your hand doesn't make apples. You got to sow the seed God's put in your hand. That's the power of a seed that you Sow in your life. The power of a seed that you 
sow in your life, that you put in the ground in your life. That's why I teach you. That's why I'm telling you today. you got to learn to live your life with an open hand, not closed around all of the seed God gave you, not closed around all of the talent, all the blessings, all the encouragement, all the strength God gave you, all the grace God put on you, all the gifts God put inside of you, all the influence God gave you, all the talent God gave you. You don't hold on to that. Because if you hold on to that, it doesn't grow. It only grows into the future you need and you desire if you open your hand and sow what God put in your life. Shout amen to that. It's the force of a seed sown. It's, it's actually in the Bible, it's known the theological term, it's known as the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest. I wish it was called the suggestion of the harvest, you know? I wish it was like, Sometimes this works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, sometimes you get what you plant and then sometimes uh, you can get lucky and something better comes out of the ground. You know, I wish, I wish you could plant cucumbers and occasionally you would get watermelon, somebody. I wish that you would just think, man, look at that. I put cucumbers in the ground. Look what happened there. God gave me more for my trouble, you know. Here I, here I planted a whole row of cucumbers. I don't even like cucumbers. And God gave me watermelons instead. Look at God. Look at the miracle of my life. Look what God did. In my, and, and, and you think it's funny, but some of us live our life that way. Thinking I'm going to plant the wrong seed and pray for crop failure. I'm going to plant the wrong seed and then pray it doesn't come up what I planted. The problem is, it's not the suggestion of the harvest, it's the law of the harvest. It's the law of the harvest. And the law of the harvest says, whatever it is that I sow, I... Whatever you sow, you reap. People... It's amazing to, not y'all, but people in other churches and people in other services, they sow wrong seed and pray for crop failure. I didn't pray, but I still expect God to show up and perform a miracle in my life. I just can't get up at 6 a.m. in the morning and come to prayer, but I know God's going to come through for me. I'm going to look at my notes and not at anybody else. I... I don't tithe, but I'm still expecting financial breakthrough, and I can't quite understand why I'm struggling financially even though I don't tithe. I don't serve anybody else ever in my life, but I expect to lay my head on the pillow at night and find fulfillment and satisfaction and peace in my heart. I don't meet, this is not y'all, I don't meet people in the lobby. I leave right when church is over with. Right before the offering, because you know that's a good time to leave. I leave right before the offering, but that church is just sitting friendly, and I, I don't have any friends there. I make no connections there. Nobody ever talks to me there. I don't smile at HEB, but I expect that girl behind the counter to be kind to me. I see y'all dodge me at HEB. Go around the corner. You ain't even looking at the cereal. You ain't ate cereal. You don't even need cereal. I saw you go around the corner there. Can't smile. Can't, I, I don't live on a budget, but I expect financial margin. I don't eat right and exercise, but I expect physical health. I yell at my kids before they go to school, and then I expect them to behave well at school. I cuss at my spouse in retaliation, but I expect her to respect and love me. Are you with me, everybody? You can't plant wrong seed and pray for crop failure. Whatever it is you sow... You reap. Write it down like this. You get what you sow, 
and you sow what you need. You get what you sow and you sow what you need. The force of us, I'm trying to help you get to a predictable future, a predictable harvest in your life. You get whatever it is that you sow and so it should determine what you sow by what you need. If you need respect in a relationship, guess what you sow? That wasn't a trick question. Why do the four of you get that? If you, if you need honor in a relationship, what do you sow? There it is. If you need love, what do you sow? If you need miracles, what do you sow? Okay. Faith and prayer and belief and you get what you sow and you sow what you need. If you need a harvest of miracles, don't skip 21 days of prayer. If you need God to heal your marriage, start sowing honor and respect in your marriage. If you need friends in your life, start joining a small group where you meet people in church that will encourage you because you get what you sow and you sow what you What I need, what I need, what I need. I sow what I need. If what's in your hand is not enough to meet your need, it must be your seed. If what you have is not enough, then God has given you the little bit you do have for you to sow it so that you can reap more in your life. Say amen to that. It's the law of the harvest. Galatians 6. Galatians 6 and verse 7, I'm preaching, uh, this summer I'm preaching a whole series on the book of Galatians. It's going to be good, I'm already working on it. Galatians 6 and 7 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Here it is, this is the law of the harvest. A man reaps what he sows. Verse 8, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they'll reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit they reap eternal life. In other words, it's the law of the harvest started in Genesis when God created every seed-bearing plant and tree on the earth. The Bible said it reproduced after its kind. That's when the law of the harvest began. In the book of Genesis and the creation story, uh, when God created every seed-bearing plant, it reproduced after its kind. In other words, apple trees in the beginning only reproduced more apple trees and, and and pear trees only produced more pears that produced seeds that had the potential of pear trees you reproduce after your kind whatever it is that you sow is what you're going to reap and one of the biggest questions i have as a pastor is is this a sin is this pastor is that what i'm thinking about what i'm doing is this wrong is this the wrong relationship I get I, I, uh, people ask occasionally, is this the wrong relationship? They usually ask that after they buy a ring. But anyways, is this the wrong relationship? Am I in the wrong? Is this am I did I am I with the wrong person? Well, I can give you a couple of metrics really quick. If he doesn't have a job, the answer is yes. If she doesn't clean her car, the answer is yes. Why'd y'all amen that? Not the job. If they don't serve on the dream team, the answer is yes, you got the wrong one. Look at his checkbook. Um, He don't have a checkbook. Look somewhere where he keeps his money, and if he doesn't tithe, the answer is yes, you're in the wrong relationship. I can just give you a few metrics. I don't even have to pray about it. Am I in the wrong, is this the wrong friendship? Am I taking the wrong job? 
am I making the wrong choice? Uh, is this the wrong action? Is this thought? Is this conversation? Most, most people, ask, they ask the question, is this a sin? Pastor, is it a sin if I X? Is it a sin if I don't Y? Let me give you another metric I want you to live your life through. Because most of the time, the, the question is not, is this a sin? The correct question is, this is a seed, and do I want the harvest that this seed is going to produce? Can I let you free of a little legalism? Are you ready for that? Can I break some religion off of you? Not everything's a sin. There's a, let me help all the Pharisees in the room, and there are a few of you here. Let me help all the... <laughs> just look straight ahead. Let, let me help all the Pharisees. Not everything's a sin. Maybe you were... I was raised in a very legalistic, extremely Pharisaical, uh, religious and ecclesiastical structure. And the problem when everything's a sin is it devalues sin, and now nothing's a sin. Are you with me on that? That when you elevate everything to the level of sin, that it devalues what sin really is. And so now you start questioning, is anything really a sin? Most of the stuff you're worried about isn't a sin. But I will tell you this. Write it down in your notes like this. It may not be a sin, but every deed is a seed. Every deed is a seed. Everything in your life, every deed in your life is a seed in your life. Every decision you're trying to make, every problem that you're faced with, every circumstance that you're looking at, you're going, I don't know, is this the right thing? Am I doing the right thing here? I want you to think through the lens of this is a seed in my life and it will produce a harvest in my life. And you need to ask yourself, not is this a sin? Pastor, is drinking a sin? Wrong question. Is it a seed? Yes. And do I want the harvest of the seed? Now that messes some of y'all up. Because you prefer a list of do's and don'ts. Sins and not sins. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. But spirit-filled living doesn't give you the list of do's and don'ts. It gives you the metric of this is a seed. Do I want, is porn a a sin or not a sin? Wrong question. Every deed is a seed. Do I want to plant seeds in my marriage that destroy intimacy in our life? Are you with me, everybody? Every deed is a seed. Is marijuana a sin? I'm messing y'all up today. Every deed is a seed. And instead of you filtering through your life and through your questions and through your circumstances, is this a sin? Why don't you start going, I don't know if it's a sin or not a sin, but I know this, it is a seed. And when I put this in the ground, do I want the harvest that comes out of this? Do I want the harvest of alcoholism? Do I want the harvest of addiction in my life? Do I want the harvest of pornography in my life? Do I want the harvest of anger in my life? Do I want the harvest of cussing and fussing and yelling and screaming in my life? Because every deed I have, everything in my life is a seed that I'm sowing and it will reproduce harvest in your life. Say amen to that. If you sow prayer... Guess what happens? You reap miracles. If you sow love, you reap love. If you sow kindness, you reap friendship. If you sow financially into the kingdom, you reap a harvest in heaven. If you sow your gifts and talents on the dream team, you reap fulfillment that you made a difference in your life. If you sow quality time with your children, you reap adults who love you and want to be around you when they don't have to be around you. If you reap, if you sow respect in your marriage, you reap 
Sweet times of fellowship. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. you got to sow the right seeds in your life for the harvest you want in your life. Ask your neighbor what sweet times of fellowship is. It's the force of a seed sown. It's the force of a seed sown. Do I want the harvest that this produces? You can have the harvest you want if you sow the seeds that match the harvest. You can, have, you can have a predictable future if you'll sow the seeds that match the harvest. Galatians 6 and 9 says it like this, the last of that. Galatians 6 and 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if you don't give up. You will. How long do I have to pray till the harvest comes? How, how many Sundays should I come to church till I find friends till the harvest comes? How many small groups should I join till I find relationships that help till the harvest comes? How long should I fast this thing that, that has a grip in my life till the harvest comes? If you sow the right seeds, you it's the force of a seed sown. It's the force of a seed sown. I got one more to teach you. They're already playing the sad music, so. I got a lot of good stuff here, but I just don't have time. I'll give you one more today, and that's the force of a belief. Write it down. The force of a belief. The force of a belief. Your future, in large part, is determined by what you believe. Now listen to me. Let me teach you this real quick. Your belief doesn't make something true, but it makes it true for you. Did you follow that? So we live in this culture that tells you you have truth, you know, whatever your truth is. You don't get truth, right? Truth is a constant. You don't get to determine. I don't get to determine. We don't have our own truth. We have our own version of the truth. We have our own opinion about the truth, but the truth is the truth. Gravity exists whether you believe in it or not, right? But it determines some other stuff in your life. Your, Your belief doesn't make it true, but it does determine your behavior. If you believe in gravity, it'll determine whether or not you go jumping off high buildings, right? Your belief doesn't make gravity exist or not exist. It just determines your behavior. Your experience, your behavior, and ultimately your future. What you believe about, write it down like this. I didn't put it on the screen, but write this down. What you believe about a thing determines how you treat the thing. What you believe about something determines how you treat something. So let me, let me teach it to you like this. If you believe God is loving, you'll serve Him all the days of your life, not out of obligation, but out of delight because you believe God loves you, cares for you, is concerned about you. Are you with me? What you be, but if you believe God is out to get you, an old man with a long white beard ready to zap you every time you mess up, you'll stay away from God and away from God's house, not because it's true about God, but because you believe it about God. Are you with me? What you believe about the thing determines how you treat the thing. And, and by the way, I know this is countercultural, but not all beliefs are the same. Not all beliefs have equal value. N- not all of them lead to the same outcome. Some beliefs hurt you. Some beliefs help you. They're not, some hold you back. Some move you forward. What you believe about God matters. If you see God as kind and caring, it matters. 
If you see God as angry and punishing, it matters. What you believe about the church matters. You walked into church today. You may not believe this way. This may be different from you. But you walked into church today. I believe the church is essential for our salvation. Now listen. Not that the church saves you. Only Jesus does that. But I'm going to stay in the family of God because the church, what I believe about the church determines my relationship with the church. I don't believe all churches are out for my money. I don't believe all churches are out to hurt me. I don't believe all preachers are abusive. I don't believe all church people are hypocrites. And because I believe that, I show up every Sunday with a smile on my face ready to serve and give to God's work. Why? Because what I believe about a thing determines how I treat the thing. What you believe about people determines your relationship with other people. Well, you can't trust nobody. Well, you better look out for yourself. Nobody's looking out for you. Okay, that's an okay. All right, you can live that way. But what you believe about people determines the experience you have with people. It's amazing people who believe that about others are constantly let down by others. But people who believe the best in others, people who look at a church like this and go, man, I know these people. These are incredible people. These people love Jesus. They love their families. They want to do right. I I, I believe the best about them. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. If you'll do that, your relationship with others will go further. It's the force of a belief. It's what you believe. What you believe about marriage. Maybe you were hurt in marriage. Can I talk to some folks who went through the pain of divorce and now you're judging the next man the next woman by your experience with the ex and you believe something wrong about all men all women and now it's determining the future relationships you have because you believe it wrong what you believe about trust well I don't trust anybody well that's it's an okay way to live but you're going to wind up bitter and old and alone What you believe about money. Well, I'll never have any money. We, we were born poor. We'll always be poor. This is who we are. But what you believe about a thing determines how you treat the thing. It's affecting your life. Uh, let me read it to you in God's word, then we'll pray. Proverbs 23 and verse 7 says it like this. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23 and 7. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, what you believe determines what you experience. What you believe determines what you experience. I like to say it this way. Write it down like this. If you learn it wrong, you live it wrong. If you learn it wrong, you'll live it wrong. If you learn it wrong, you'll live it wrong. Here's the good news about the God of the Bible. Look into my eyes. Here's the good news about the God of the Bible is that you can relearn and you can have a brand new life. You can change. You're not a victim to your circumstance. You may have come from dysfunction, but dysfunction doesn't have to come from you. You may have come from addiction, but addiction doesn't have to come from you. You may have come from negativity, but negativity doesn't have to come from you. You may have come from skeptical people, but skeptical living doesn't have to come out of you. You may have come from anger and yelling and fussing and cussing. That doesn't have to be the culture of your house. You may have come from broken families, but broken families don't have to come from you. You may have come from addiction to alcohol or chemicals. Or, it doesn't have to come from you. You may have come from poverty and lack. That doesn't mean it's got to come from you. 
you can change. You can change your beliefs today. You can believe the best. You can believe the positive. You can believe your spouse really does love you when they tell you that. You can believe God really is for you, not against you. Today, it's the force of a belief. You can change how you... You can believe you can overcome addiction. Let me stand in the face. Now, I, I appreciate everybody, everything that you're doing to help. I appreciate 12-step programs. I really do. I appreciate rehabs and all of that. I'm for it. I appreciate it. I, I support it. I'm not against it. But let me tell you something. The problem I have with most 12-step programs is you get to the end and they tell you, now you didn't graduate because once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Look into my life. The devil is a liar. Not once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. You can overcome every addiction in your life. God can deliver you and make you brand new you are not a victim to your circumstance you can't be born again you don't get a brand new life well you'll always battle depression no I won't I'm going to believe better in my life I'm going to believe that I'm not a victim I am a victor I'm going to believe I can manage money and gain wealth I'm going to believe the church really is for me. The church isn't out to get me. The church is helping me. The church loves me. The church is for me. I believe people are with me. People are supporting me. I believe God wants to help me, give me hope. I believe God has a future for me, a destiny for me, a purpose for my life. What you believe determines what you live. And I'm going to believe God and the best in my life. It's the force of a belief. And today you can change your beliefs. So let me encourage you. If you're sowing the wrong seed, change the seed. If you need different harvests in your life, change the seed you're planting. If you're sowing anger, sow joy. Go home. If, if your house is full of depression and, and just, just, it's heavy. You know what I'm talking about. It's just heavy. Go by the dollar store today on your way home and get you some googly-eyed glasses and a fake mustache and walk around all day that way. Two things are going to happen. Your wife is sure that you've lost it and you'll, somebody will laugh at you at some point. You'll create some joy. You say that doesn't make any sense or I'm going to sow seeds of joy in my life. I'm going to sow happiness. If you want miracles, I'd love to have you this week at prayer. I'm going to sow faith. I'm going to sow in the right things in my life. If you need financial breakthrough, I'm going to sow into eternal purposes. I'm not sowing just to the government. I'm not sowing to the mortgage company. I'm not just sowing to the people at the bank. No, I'm going to sow in heaven. I'm going to store up myself treasures in heaven. I'm going to reap the benefits. If you've got a belief problem today, I want to help you. Close your Bibles and bow your heads. Maybe you need to change what you believe about God. Maybe today you came to church believing God was against me. God couldn't save me. God can't do anything good in my life. I don't know that God really loves me or can answer in my life. I want you to know you couldn't be more wrong. God is for you, not against you. He loves you right where you are. But He loves you too much to leave you there. So He wants to change your whole life. Today, if you need to surrendered your heart to the Lord I want to lead you in a prayer of surrender give you a chance to change your life change your belief change your mind go all in with God today 
If that's you, why don't you pray out loud with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart today. I believe you love me, care for me, are concerned about me. I believe you love me so much you died for me that God raised you from the dead. Now listen, here's the part only you can pray from the depths of your soul. You got to pray it like you mean it. Say, I surrender every part of my life, my mistakes, my past, my hurts, my guilt and shame. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me brand new. I give you my whole life every day for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.